Jesus was crucified around lunch on that Friday. The Bible calls it the sixth hour, which would have been about the sixth hour after sunrise. And I'm curious how many of you kids have been up since sunrise? It was the day of preparation, the day before the Jewish Sabbath when everything in the Jewish world stopped. Jerusalem was in a rush to get the events of Friday over, including crucifixions. We're about to celebrate communion, but what is communion? In some ways, it's actually a big replay. These days, sports fans are stuck watching replays of games of the past. I actually watched some highlights of old Toronto Blue Jays baseball games just last week. I didn't go back to the mid-2000s when they were horrible. I watched games from when they won the World Series and when they were having bat-flipping, exciting moments. When we celebrate communion, Christians are going back to the best replay ever. Now, let's rewind and tell the story a little bit, shall we? Um, please have a Bible present. I hope you have one with you. The words will be on the screen. You're going to be invited to read scriptures to one another where you are or on your own in just a little bit. Um, so open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 26, verses 26 to 29, and just keep your finger there. You're going to need it in just a second. But before you read that, replay of the First Communion, let's review the backstory. Listen to verse 17. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, where do you want us to prepare to eat the Passover? And he replied, go into the city to a certain man and tell him, the teacher says, my appointed time is near. I'm going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover. The replay, you see, of what we are replaying today builds upon a replay itself. Jesus and his disciples were about to eat the Passover meal, and Passover was, and still is, a week-long annual festival that culminates in a meal of lamb, bread without yeast, which is a little easy to do these days, and some other things like bitter herbs, which doesn't sound that wonderful. Way back in Exodus, in the Old Testament, God delivered the Jews from slavery in Egypt. But God sent 10 plagues that drove the Egyptians to their knees and made them ready to let God's people go and follow Moses to freedom. The last plague was the death of the firstborn, a tragedy brought about by Pharaoh's hard heart. The Jews were told that the only way that they would be saved from that last horrible plague was to sacrifice a pure lamb, put its blood on the doorposts of their homes, and gather together to eat in isolation in anticipation of deliverance. It was a great act of faith. And God delivered his people. God's power defeated the powers of Egypt, and the Jews were set free. And ever since then, the Passover is replayed every single year, still is by Jews today. And this is the story that Jesus and his disciples were replaying in Matthew 26. Now, someone, where you are, take the scriptures and read Matthew 26, verse 26 to 29. I'm going to pause and let you do that. Matthew 26, 26 to 29. 
so Jesus takes the bread and he blesses it, he breaks it, and he gives it to his disciples. And in that moment, he redefines the bread of Passover, the bread that the Jews ate to replay God's deliverance is now God with us. This is my body. This is my body. It's going to be taken and blessed and broken and given. And then he does the same thing to the cup. The cups at the Passover meal, and there were a few of them, but the cups all symbolized something. And he redefines the cup again. And he says, this is the, my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. The cup was a sign that God would keep his promises and redeem and set free his people. The sacrifice of the lamb and the pouring out of its blood on that first Passover thousands of years earlier in Egypt meant that God would overlook the transgressions of Israel and pass over. The Lord would overlook their sin and he would not overlook their slavery. But something had to die for that to happen. And Jesus redefined that lamb and its blood. He is the lamb. His is the blood. And God will keep his everlasting covenant promise to humanity. He will act to forgive human sin. But human beings must respond in faith. And ever since that night when his disciples met with Jesus, this meal is replayed by Christians all over the world. And we tell the story and we confess our sins and we remember the slavery that we were under and we recognize our deep need for deliverance and forgiveness. We were without God and without hope in the world, as Paul told the Ephesians, but God, but God. Our salvation from the captivity of sin is all grace, but salvation is not cheap. The gift comes at a great price. Now look at this good food, yummy grapes, uh, really wonderful smelling bread. How do these grapes become juice or wine? Well, it actually takes a crushing. How do these grains here, how do they become flour to be made into bread? They must be crushed. There's actually an article in the Globe and Mail just this week called The Science Behind Why Everyone is Baking Bread Suddenly. <laughs> it's kind of funny, actually. It reflects on the science behind why we love to bake bread and why particularly now when we're in isolation and looking for comfort, why do so many return to baking bread? The article says that the emotions, all of our senses, our use of time and our bodies, even our memories are all massaged in the process of bread making. And it concludes saying this, creating something from nothing and witnessing the fruits or the grains of our labor is rewarding during these times while reminding us of the science of life. So it says, bake on. It won't be this crumbly forever. Well, in baking, we participate actually with the creator in making something from nothing and particularly in communion, particularly in remembering with Christ what Christ has done for us, we are declaring that things won't be this crumbly forever. This is what must happen. This crushing, this breaking is what must happen 
for us to experience true life. Even simply eating a grape requires it to be chewed up. It must be crushed to release life into my system. Every wafting aroma at mealtime comes at a cost. Every wonderful flavor only comes to my system by crushing, and I can even feel my mouth salivating as I want to eat this thing. On this Good Friday, we eat what has been crushed in order to give us life. The Lord's table replays a great story that Jesus redefined with his disciples, and today we're saying we're part of this story too. The powers of darkness, you see, convinced Gentiles and Jews to crush him. On the cross, they nailed him. The Jews saying to the Gentiles, we have no king but Caesar. And the Gentiles nailing a sign over his head that said, here is the king of the Jews. Nobody wanted to claim him. Everybody wanted him crushed. So immense was our captivity to sin. So blind our hearts and minds, we were dead but God. So when we do this together, we declare we're broken and we need healing. We have a wound, a disease, a slavery to sin and its shame, its guilt and its fear. We simply cannot free ourselves. We need atonement. We need something to die for us and be crushed because sin is a killer. We were dead, but Jesus was taken and he was broken and he was given and we are undeservedly blessed. So if you confess Jesus as Lord, as Savior, as your King, as your deliverer from all that has bound you, come to the table. Is your table set? Parents, we invite you to ask your kids if they understand what this means. Be the spiritual leaders of your home in this moment. Ask your kids if they understand this. Ask them if they believe and receive Jesus as their King as the one who was crucified on this day for them. Marissa reminded parents in a video that she sent yesterday to invite their kids to the table, and God invites us to come. And kids, I want you to understand something. This moment is not a snack. This is a very special replay of a great story. And it's one way that we tell others that we know we need forgiveness that God stepped into our place and that we follow Jesus. And kids, also, as we move through this morning, we want you to draw a picture of what it's like to take communion, to be around the Lord's table with your family today. Replay your own great story and then send those pictures in to our church office so that we can share them with others. And for those of you who are alone on this Good Friday, as we eat this together, just let me say this, you're actually not alone. The KGF family is eating together. The body of Christ all around the world is bound together by this table. We are proclaiming the Lord's death, his crushing for our life until he comes again and death and crying and pain and isolation have passed away. So let's pray. Still your hearts where you are. If you're on your own, just quietly close your eyes and reflect on what God has done for you in Christ. As you're, if you're with others in a room and there's a bit of hustle and bustle, kids, parents, can we just pause and just still yourself?
Jesus, thank you for the cross. Thank you for what you've done for us. Thank you that you came willingly to be crushed for us. Now on this Good Friday, we confess our sins. We are sinners. God, we have transgressed. We have uh, rejected you. We have not lived the way you would have us live. We have treated others poorly. Even sometimes by things we haven't done, we've been off the mark, beneath the dignity you've created us to have as those made in the image of God. So forgive us, we pray, and we confess. And with great gratitude, we recognize the immense crushing and the cost of that crushing that happened for us today. Amen. So we invite you to serve one another, to eat together. Pastor Joel's going to sing a song with us and over us as we do that. We invite you to eat and to drink together. This is the body of Christ broken for you. Speak those words to each other. This is the blood of Christ shed for you. I invite you to speak that to one another. He was crushed for us.